This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Namai, hari mai, kiora tanakwe, Free FM 89.0, independent community media, Bruce Scott, Mel Driscoll, and our guests this afternoon on a Sunday, which is wet. And I'm just uh, bringing up the Waikato Times news site that businesses around um, Hamilton's uh, 30, uh, thirsty liquor store where the roadworks are going on, the Claudins Road, they're not happy because their business is down. And, of course, it's the Claudins Road, Grey Street, and this section you've got the Claudins Bridge closed off, and people around that area are not happy. Business is down. So hopefully this uh, stuff, this road construction will be done by the due date. If not, they should be fined. They should be fined if they go overtime and see, see how they like that. Anyway, back to normal. Well, if you haven't caught up with the news this week, we lost another part of our rock and roll legacy. Jerry Lee Lewis died this week at the age of 87. He did better than Henry VIII with his six wives. She, uh, he had seven and one, of course, he got married while he was still married to another woman. So he married his 13-year-old cousin while he was still married. It was all right for America's deep south. It wasn't all right in England. It caused one big scandal. He is possibly the last of the great rock and rollers. So let's pay tribute to the late, great Jerry Lee Lewis. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much of love drives a man insane. You broke my will. What a thrill Goodness grace is great balls of fire I let you love what I thought it was funny You came along and moved me, honey I've changed my mind This world is fine It's just great balls of fire Kisses, baby Mmm It was good Hold oh, me, baby Love you like I love the You're fine. So kind. tell this world that you mind, 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 mind. I my nails and my feel for the piano and that. <laughs> Jerry Lee, famous for all the piano playing um, with his feet and uh, all that. Anyway, the late Jerry Lee Lewis, when I play another song from Jerry Lee before the afternoon is out. Well, it's October 30, 2022. It is day 303. There's um, about 62 to go. 
Well, in 1938, this day, 84 years ago, Orson Welles, CBS radio drama featuring the Mercury Theatre Players, played tonight in America with a production of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, broadcast on the CBS network, as I said. Um, the news reported mass panic. Believing it was real, it was only a radio drama. I wish I had bits and pieces of this particular drama. I'm used to. Um, it was Halloween, and of course it was Halloween in 1938. We got Halloween in this uh, city last night and through the rest of the day. Um, it starred Orson Welles, plus Fred Petlick, Kenny Palmer, and Ray Collins, produced by an actor, director, producer you know well from the Paper Chase movie and television series, the late great. Uh, John Houseman along with Wells. <clears throat> From 1938, here is Bob Crosby, yeah, Bing's younger brother. And, of course, we hope, we hope to have much of the Bobcats. I'm sorry, but that is not uh, what I'm meant to be playing for you. And we're meant to be playing something like March of the Bobcats. We may have brought the uh, wrong CD. I'm just going down the uh, list of uh, songs that um, I did have. Did we have March of the Bobcats on this particular uh, CD? No, I don't think it is here. So I um, I think I may have <laughs> brought the wrong CD. You've got a CD called Jim Sutton, Nostalgia, the late Jim Sutton from Newstalk ZB. And uh, um, I apologise profusely for my boo-boo. So, but let's carry on. Yes, War of the Worlds, it played this day. So hopefully we'll get it right this time with a birthday and uh, you know the guy so well when <coughs> I mentioned the name Henry Winkler. Well he was born this day 77 years ago and of course he is famous for one series. Yes I'm talking about Happy Days. Actor, director, author Producer Happy Henry Winkler, born New York. The Waterboy, Night Shift, Click, um, Arrested Development, Teen Titans, uh, Robot Chicken, and, of course, the British television series, Hang Zipser. Of course, he wrote the books and his television series. Henry Winkler, of course, played Mr. Rock in Hank Zipser. Of course, his most iconic role was the Fonz in Happy Days. And today, Henry Winkler is, of course... 77. You wouldn't think it, but he is. Yeah, no, we're just having a slight uh, tactical issue with uh, that one. Did I bring the wrong CD again? Uh, I'm just looking for the Happy Days theme. We will try for a third luck. I must have been out of luck in the last couple of so hopefully we will get it on air now. This is... No, try this one. Try this mutton. Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes. 
Can hold me when I hold you. Looking so right, it can't be wrong. Rock it and roll it. Days. Yes, Henry Winkler's birthday today. Now we've got we've got my gear into gear, my mouth into gear. Back to War of the Worlds by um, Orson Welles production with, of course, John Houseman producing. And it was this day, it was H.G. Wells, the radio play that panicked America. I would have loved to play an excerpt from that, but I used to have it, but uh, couldn't find it. Anyway, here is Bob Crosby, Bing's brother, with March of the Bobcats from 1938.
three of him, eighty nine point zero, independent community media. We got it. We got it right this time. It uh, doubles. It's a double CD, and I had the wrong CD in the machine. Yes, Bob Crosby. That's Bing's brother, and March of the Bobcats from nineteen thirty eight. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon to Warren Te Amoid. It's a country music fan who got together with others for last year's fundraising to support the efforts of women in country rock to raise their profile. How did you organise this and what was the idea that was behind it, Warren? I just got together with the music group that I was with and decided to put on a show. And I had a lot of friends that are entertainers, so I asked them if they would care to join into it. And I had a good response from the female fraternity of country singing. And that's where the idea was born. We've, we've got a legacy of great country singers, the likes of uh, Maria Dallas and Patsy Rigger. Um, and, and it carries on through Tammy Nielsen and others this, to this day. Yeah. We, well, there's also um, others around that are knocking at the door for the breaks. And I thought, well, start to showcase their talents and see where we go from there. Mm-hmm. Well, of course it was known as country and western music. Has the western out of country gone, has it? In a lot of cases it has. Um, it's either country rock or alternative country. Mm-hmm. You've been involved in more than the one country music club. There's Hauraki, but there's also a separate body, it seems, Pedro. Yeah, I was with the Pyro Country Music Club to start with, um, and I've gone out on my own and started the Pyro Variety Group, which is coming along quite well. You perform for the public as well as your own enjoyment? Uh, We have the public in there. Um, They come along and sing with a really good band that I've managed to get together. Um, who are all at some stage been working musicians, shall we say? Something happening a week from today. A week from today, yeah, we've got the Pyro Variety Music Group at um, Miller Ave School in Pyro here. It's free entry and it's just a gold coin donation for a cup of coffee. Um, all ages welcome. All ages from, if you can walk up the stage, you're more than welcome to sing a song. Bring your chord charts and... Live band? Live band? Yeah, live band in place uh, every Sunday, uh, every first Sunday of the month at uh, Miller Ave School. You encourage musicians to bring chord sheets, their instruments, and themselves... yeah, we encourage anybody that wants to come along and ha- have a go. Is um, They're more than welcome. Be it from nine years old or whatever to, dare I say it, 83-year-olds. Still going strong. Good on them. Yeah, good, yeah, good on them. But uh, I was watching that um, Australian version of The Voice the other night, and boy, is there some impressive young, young artists coming out of Australia. Yes, but did you see that there was also a, a young one by the name of Kaylee Bell? Was, I, I missed um, that. What uh, what was um, the claim to fame there? She's a New Zealander yep. out of the far north. Um, excellent entertainer, singer, 
and uh, she's got through to. I think she went with Jess, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was good to see. I, I was impressed with the boy with the hiccups. He he was extra extra good, wasn't he? <laughs> he's. I don't know if it's permanent. He's going to be suffering from hiccups, but of course, um, he he did the the big uh, big sporting game. Yeah, he was um, doing the national well, the national anthem and. Yeah. He got a bad case of the nerves, I think. I think yeah. up half of the way through it. So, yeah. and uh, and we and we can't forget uh, Whangarei-born Keith Urban. No, who was another country music star. You know, and of course, the end of the day. and got a very famous wife called Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I, that's the truth. With a no, go ahead. With a name like Te Amo, which looms large in Maoridom. Suspecting that as a child you might have been exposed to a lot of entertainment? No, I wasn't actually. I um, had a very mediocre childhood and um, I was everything but uh, interested in music. Only if the girls were there, of course. <laughs> but uh, I, I just had an average sort of a teenage life and it's just um, in the last dozen years or so that uh, I've been getting interested in it and I thought, well, it can't be that hard to organise a show and, yeah, uh, yeah I, I found out the hard way. And <laughs> uh, what time do you start your organisation for next Sunday's performance, for instance? Next Sunday is 12 o'clock till 4 and uh, it's a, um, as I said, come and do whatever you like. We've had a person come along and play the piano accordion who was a um, New Zealand symphony orchestra player in bygone days but she still had it we have ukulele players we have um, semi-professional artists coming from all around the Auckland, Waikato, Tauranga Bay Plenty area and we've got people coming from as far as Rotorua and Te Awamudu, So, and we've got our own locals it's really good. We've been paying tribute today to the late Jerry Lee Lewis, of course, after his rock and roll career and a few scandals along the way, he became a country singer. Yeah, well, he came over to the right side in the end, didn't he? <laughs> well, seven wives later, it's... Um... I, I think he might have had to come over to pay the maintenance for it. <laughs> you play an instrument yourself, perhaps, Warren? No, no, I play the fool and I do it really well. <laughs> and you listen without listeners. What is music? Well, that's it. Yeah, I see all these people who can stand in front of an audience and play a guitar and or an instrument and sing at the same time. And I think, I take my hat off to you. But at the end of the day, I'll just stay in the background and do the organising. Well, you're used to that. You come from working in a very highly organised uh, milieu. Yeah, I was in that uh, scene for a long time. Um, it was good to have that background and, um, should I say, my formative teenage years to keep me in control. When you come to consider teenage years, which most of us have survived, <laughs> we yep. wonder about the argument that where the problem lies is more than in any other sphere the lack of discipline of 
people today. Are you a parent yeah. yourself, uh, Warren? Yeah, I've got four children, uh, grandchildren, the whole nine yards. Um, but at the end of the day, the buck's got to stop with the powers to be that took the corporal punishment side of parenting away from them. And you subscribe to the idea that military discipline doesn't go awry? No, it doesn't, because we had more success with uh, court appointees than we did with um, just normal roll-up and get in a uniform sort of people. Yeah. Where were the sources of discipline in your own maturing? Uh, All all around me I had... um, people that I admired and uh, respected. Um, I I got a few hidings, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, the past is uh, not to be um, scoffed at. What do you um, say about military discipline, Warren? Well, nowadays, it's pretty lack because uh, they take toilets on manoeuvres. <laughs> you, uh, you sound as though you speak from first-hand experience, Warren. Well, yeah, we, um, in one day we just dug a hole and got on with it. Oh, uh, yeah. Are you um, one who <clears throat> looks at the uniform you wore and think of it with pride? Of course. Always have, always will. And, uh, I don't forget the past. How many years were devoted to serving this country by you? Um, eight. Eight years in the New Zealand Army? Yeah. Would you do it again if you were oh, a few years younger? In a heartbeat. So so what 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 theatres of war did you serve in? No, I didn't. Didn't need to. But there was the was national good. service you had to do. You had no option. No, no, it was, um, the, I, I was a volunteer. Yep. Um, and at the end of the day, the worst thing that we had was the uh, Rainbow Warrior people um, being locked up in Christchurch. So, yeah. That's another part of our news on the history. But you talk about young people. There is a military academy somewhere in Hamilton, and I've seen some of these young kids wandering around the streets with uh, big tyres over their heads. I, 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 yeah, I've just been pointed out as the top of Victoria Street. And, yeah, no, there is a military academy, and um, I, 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 I have seen some of these kids who, um, a couple of them yesterday, were having a go at a woman who was having a meal, and a young girl had a go at me. I was coming up to the station last night, and she had a go at me as I walked through the Wintech. Uh, it's it's just amazing what uh, sort of parents they have. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening all over. Um, it, it's hard to keep track of people, and when they tell you lies to the parents, and then you're just going around the road to their mate's place. Um, there's no checks being done, of course. Yeah. But, Do you yeah. think that it would help if these folk who we wonder about had been exposed to some good country music? Well, you, you never know, but uh, you, you've got to ask what sort of music they're playing in their own 
Oh, look, I've, I've heard it come out of cars. Do you, see, do you think some of these children should be microchipped like animals? <laughs> uh, there's ways and means of controlling them. Just get them a collar that uh, beeps every time they leave the property. Well, when we when we leave you, we're going to play some Slim Whitman. Yeah, Slim Whitman. So um, he was a good country singer. That's cool. Yep, he was. Well, uh, it just... having a name Slim helps. <laughs> <laughs> Were you called Slim as a youngster? Oh, no, no, I was the other side of the railway tracks there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so it's next Sunday you'd like to uh, have us pr- come along to the country music, variety music? Yep. yep. It would be good to, for you to come along to the Pyro Variety Music Group, um, introduce yourself, bring your songs with you, first class, first rated band up there, and uh, maybe you can do the show from there, bro. I'm, I'm going to also put the word out to talk amongst you, that some of your people there, that Free FM is looking for a person to host a country show here on Free FM. We have one in, the, in our past. Um, but is there anybody interested in hosting a radio show with the genre of country music and uh, prepare it? You hear the ads that um, the station is looking for a country music host. So put the word out for us. Not a problem. Um when, when we go up here, just click at your phone number and yep. I'll uh, take all the info down and yep. take it down to club next yep. Sunday. No, no problem. So it's next Sunday at the school hall at the end of Miller Street in Pairoa. Yeah, Miller Ave at Pairoa. Uh, the last driveway on the very left. Warren Taamo, a country music fan. Thanks for no joining worries. us. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, mate. Bye.
89.0 independent community media that is one of Jerry Lee Lewis's contemporaries Little Richard sadly uh, Jerry Lee died uh, during the week at the age of 87 what a legacy Little Richard Tootie Fruity Mike Rolton is general manager of Vinnie's in Frankton the welfare wing of the Society of St Vincent de Paul 13 years ago Mike your life takes a dramatic turn how did that come about? Yeah, well, I'd, um, I'd just returned from overseas and I was looking for something else to do and I thought that I'd be an amazing sports coach so I went to, to study that at Waikato University um, and I, I did complete that and then um, I got approached by a man called John Smolders who was president of the society at the, at the time and said, Mike, could you come down and and um, have a bit of look at what we're doing? It doesn't seem to be working quite right and we're not getting ahead. And the, the irony of that was he told me that it would take um, a couple of days a week, maybe for two or three months, um, and I'd have it all sorted. I'd, I'd be able to go back and take up my coaching career, but, of course, um, I've been there ever since. So I talked over 13 years in May this year, so it's almost 13 and a half years that I've uh, worked for Vinnie's and Franklin. And before that, from what fundamental motive sprang your will to work so hard in your younger years? It was just about um, um, taking opportunities when they came up. I was lucky enough to um, originally start work for the Fletcher Group when it was owned when Hugh Fletcher was the, was the CEO and his father was the chairman. And through that, I could see that um, through hard work and. and and some, you know, a bit of study and take opportunities when they presented to you and always go back and ask for more work that, that I managed to get ahead and spend a, a large part of my my working life in the corporate world, which back in the 80s was pretty ruthless, I can tell you that. And what did you deal in, that corporate world? What part of it? It's so many segments of society, isn't it? Yeah, well, I started off uh, in the sawmill industry, in fact, um, and... Uh, worked in the sawmill industry initially as this um, cost accountant. <coughs> We're working out costs for, um, you know, how to cut a how to cut a log more economically than in the original um, boom and bust days. You just sawed the log up into four for two and six for two, and you didn't worry about too much else in the waste. 
Um, but when I got on board, it was the, the, the price of logs was starting to slowly creep up to buy. And so we had to maximise the return on the log. So instead of cutting the log up and, and recovering, uh, you know, 40 something percent of the of timber, um, we had to recover closer to 60 percent to make it economically worthwhile. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I worked out how to do that. And um, a lot of the times we made the, the saw blades thinner and add a bit of um, better sort of material to make them last longer and cut more and plan more. Um, but in that role, I, I thought that um, um, being an accountant, I didn't want to be a boring old person. So I just thought I'd um, change and went into production and sales in the same industry. At some stage of life, fish as a commodity entered into it? Yeah, that actually, because um, I was looking for something else, another challenge. So um, a friend of mine told me that uh, in Southeast Asia, especially mainly Indonesia, that they had the uh, largest natural seafood resource left in the world. And it was unbelievably, um, you know, amazing. It, It was not quite New Zealand, but you could get sea caught prawns and lobsters and all sorts of fish. Um, and so I went up there and, and helped set up a factory. And then we exported that to the USA and around Southeast Asia. And that was a challenge in itself. You had the language barrier, you had all the, 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 the rules and, and I wouldn't say corruption, but if you if you paid the right people, you could get your product through on the ship pretty quick. In, in, in your time, what was the amount of illegal fishing, these people coming in from overseas to illegally fish within our 12-mile limit? How, how big was that at your, in your time? In, in New Zealand or? Yep, in, here in New Zealand. I mean, it was pretty big, but um, Indonesia had a, a much better, um, I believe, much better system, like inshore fishing. <laughs> There was no trawling. You know, when we had trawlers, and everything had to be either caught on long line or in those um, bamboo baskets where you put on the bottom. The fish swam in, couldn't get yeah. out. So, um, and they patrolled. Their navy patrolled that and protected that um, that twelve mile inshore fishing limit quite vigorously, and would fire warning shots if a trawler snuck across the line. So it was pretty much uh, ruthless. It was at your own risk if you were a trawler and tried to get into that into that uh, space. Yep, the uh, the old navy had to patrol the New Zealand waters against some of these illegal fishermen and fisherwomen. Yes, they did. They did, and if you didn't listen to them, um, they had no problems firing firing the bullet straight at your boat. So, um, so I learned that pretty pretty smartly. In the course of your yeah. in the course of your work, Mike, did you develop concerns about the sustainability of fish in this case, timber too? In New Zealand, yes. Uh, in timber in Indonesia, yes. But their fishing industry has been going for, like the city I lived in, the Surabaya, um, has been over 2,000 years old and the fishing industry has been going that long. So um, they knew how to do sustainable fishing. In a perfect world, would we have any need of Society of St. Vincent de Paul Vinnies in Frankton? Not in the perfect world because... Um, you know, the ideal for me is to go to work and not do anything. Or, you know, but that's not the reality right now. Um, you're going to work and I'm working harder now than I did in my younger days, I think. You, you and your colleagues from other shops do a good business, but, but sadly there's a downside to this that I 
uptown the other night and you see people kind of stealing clothes from the Salvation Army op shop on Victoria Street. And then you see these clothes being carted downtown on a, in, a, in a shopping basket. Do you have any problems like that, that people, when people leave their goods outside your store, that uh, they're, they're soon gone? Um, we don't have that many problems with that sort of stealing. We still do have, like all the other op shops, we still do have shoplifters, um, even though the item may, may be $2.00 in the clothes especially and if they asked we'd probably say yes you can take it but they still want to um, be a shoplifter so I, I don't I don't quite understand that oh look it, it, it's uh, the, the poor Sally Army on Victoria Street it's it, it's sad for them that uh, this happens night after night that uh, cars turn up and steal the goods before they get back uh, get into the store yeah well we've had um, We've had a conversation with the police about this oh, a number of years ago, and the fact that as soon as someone makes contact with any charity, takes donations, um, those donations are actually then your property. So if they leave them outside the shop, they actually belong to you. So that the people who take them are actually stealing. So, um, but you know, because there's so many other things that police have to do, that's probably a yep. minor thing. So, but, what do you analyse life as consisting of? That's essential. The basic human needs, which ideally could be improved with results that help everything that's a problem elsewhere. Well, he's, um, if you're talking poverty, there's, there's two sorts of poverty. One is um, absolute poverty, which means um, you can't supply your family the necessities of life, which is shelter, food, water, and um, and education, and then and that now extends in, in the World Health Organization to healthcare, um, transportation, and a number of other things. And then you have relative poverty, which means your income's not enough to actually buy um, your requirements per week. And I think New Zealand, the bottom part of New Zealand, or the, or the working poor, uh, in that re- re- relative poverty uh, zone right now. Mm-hmm. And it's only getting worse. Yeah, um, I see it that when you go to the grocery store, prices are going up. I, I thought the government was going to declare war on some of these uh, grocery um, supermarkets and try and keep, get the prices down, but it seems some of the prices have go keep going up. Yeah, well, there is a there is an issue. With, you know, I mean, it's a combination of these smorgasbord of problems. Like there is inflation, which is high, which we haven't had for a number of years. Um, our dollar value has plummeted, so you know we're at, we, I think we're about fifty-three or four cents, maybe um, our our dollar to US dollar. Um, the fuel price will come back, um, and vegetable, you know, food prices are through the roof, and so power prices are high. But it's a combination of things that are driving all these things. Mm-hmm. And because in New Zealand, there are, you know, I look at it, there are three main costs initially which are your rent or your mortgage, uh, food and electricity. And then if you can't cover those, um, then you're in a bit of trouble. And we have a number of uh, people who who um, may have rent over $1,000 a fortnight or something like that, $510 a week, yeah. but their income is only 800 a fortnight. 
At, at Vinnie's, when a person has got a job interview, do you kind of help them out getting an, an outfit to go to a job interview? No, we uh, we don't we don't do that. That's um, dress for less or dress for, for jobs. I think they they call themselves they, they do all that, and that's um, arranged through Wins or MSD. So um, we don't specialise in that. So our our specialties in in, um, in the food space and one one side of it, and in, in the health health service space. So in food space, we have a food bank, a community lunch, yep. food rescue, and a pension program. Well, and the health sip, yeah. It, it, the it, health sip. It's you, it's you and other people, of course, uh, you know him very well, Butterbean out of Auckland, and uh, his his store got raided the other day too. So it's it's you and Butterbean and others who are doing God's work, as they say. Yeah, I felt sorry for Aksiduna, and I uh, felt sorry for him. But not only that, close to the home, Huntley Food Bank got knocked off um, Friday week ago as well. So, um, you know, the, to get that low to take food from the food bank, which is helping the, the community, is... Uh, a pretty poor, poor judgment call, uh, you know, in my, in my mind, because there are a lot of people who volunteer their time to um, help produce the food and pack the parcels and, and deliver food, like we deliver food to, to pensioners, disabled and, and mentally challenged households, and we work with other agencies, so it's a very poor effort, in my view, that you take your rubber yep. food bank. Vinnie's in Frankton is founded to reflect the philosophy of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. But here we speak of an organisation that goes way, way back. Is it realistic, yeah. the ideas that it advocates in today's world? Well, yeah, well, it was founded in um, 1833 in Paris, and our head office is still there. And we've got um, four core values, which is feed the hungry, your borders are thirsty, um, clothe the naked and educate the poor. Now, I still stick to those core values, and it's just a, it's just a changing way how we do it. For example, um, back in the day, you, you would have got delivered free firewood, and that was to heat your home and and cook your meal. Yeah. Now they, I, I offer cheap electricity to do the same thing you, and, and advice. You're right in the centre of Commerce Street in Frankton. You're open tomorrow morning from 9am. Yep. 9 9am, and, yep. And uh, people can come and have a chat or ring, ring you on the phone, which is 07847 4044, and I can have a chat to some of your volunteers. A chance. It's not a problem. This marks the launch of a programme that is designed to relieve one of those concerns of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. The poor, and yeah, well, we um, we uh, we launched Billy's Energy now. Billy's Energy um, is, is offers slightly cheaper power, um, and there's no joining fee or any of that sort of thing, and there's no line charges. But what we want to encourage people to do is to, if they pay their power bill, and all you've got to do is pay your power bill, and that's your donation. If you join us and pay the bill, we are able to take um, a small, slightly one cent per kilowatt off that and place it in a trust fund and then people who struggle from time to time to pay the bill, we can then offer a service where we can we can pay that for them so that no one goes about power. Yep. Well and I just think it's a good way for the community to work together. And if you don't know how to help other people, this is one way. Well um, which will cost you nothing, um, you can do it. 
Yeah, there, there, there's good plans when it comes to power. I know on my plan, I've got the internet, power, gas, so they're all connected together. So <laughs> it's um, there's many ways to um, ha- have a power supply. There are, um, but our way is that, I mean, um, I don't know who you was, but I'd imagine your, your kilowatt charge must be up around the high 20s, yep. early 30s. Um, but if we can we can drop that by six cents, um, we can save you thirty dollars a week. Well, that's worth thinking about. How does one um, register to be eligible? You go to our web page. You can register on there. I'll 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 have a look online uh, when I get home tonight. It's uh, it, it sounds pretty good, and uh, as I said, you're doing God's work. And um, well, someone's got to someone's got to be there as, as a backstop. The uh, the police can't be there all the time, but it's people's mental health that uh, worry a few people too. Yeah, that's coming through very strong. The other agencies I work with, mm-hmm. um, it, it's quite clear that. Uh, mental health is a major issue, and there's no, there doesn't appear to be solutions right now. And I think the, um, it's not the mental health workers; it's they're just overworked. Um, is yep. what I understand. Well, and we're I can imagine that's the that's the case. Well, we've still got the long legacy of COVID still going on, and uh, I haven't seen the rates uh, this week. So that's a, that's another problem. Yeah, our our health workers are. Are kind of overworked and I think underpaid. They deserve a good wage themselves. Our 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 health workers. Yeah, I believe so. I think they're way underpaid, um, and our teachers as well, and all that all those services that um, that we need. Um, you know, the, the COVID's got a long reach, and I think it's going to reach into twenty twenty three. And it's not about the actual uh, pandemic or, or what COVID can bring to you to your system. It's about the hangover of the shutdowns that have started to bite us now. Thank you, Mike Rolton, General Manager of Vinnie's in Frankton, a man with the experience of relating to those who don't really have the means to manage without a bit of support. Thank you, Mike. Have a a good day. It is uh, 28 minutes past one o'clock. The legacy of Jerry Lee Lewis, known as... Achille died this week at the age of 87.
Piano Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Scotty's place on Friday at 1 o'clock. This is Cosmopolitan News and Views. The late great Jerry Lee Lewis. A whole lot of shaking going on. Oh, we've heard that voice before, haven't we? And so, too, our next guests, Major Blunder. Hello, sir. Good afternoon. Well, it's showtime again at the Globox. And are you affected by the roadworks in that uh, particular area? Because other people in that area are not too happy this day. Well, in fact, that won't be affecting us at all. Uh, our big issue for next weekend is the fact that the top of the Karapiro Dam is closed for work. Oh. So anyone coming out to the Armistice event will need to come through Cambridge. Armistice Day. Celebrating, no, commemorating that date, the 11th Indeed. of November... And yes, for the uh, quicker amongst the audience, you will have noted that we are marking it a week early uh, due to fitting in with the Waka Armour rowing. So practicality. So you're marshalling your forces for the occasion? Indeed. Uh, we will be running six engagements over the two days of the event, the 5th and 6th of November, uh, wherein we provide the enlistment experience for the people taking part including measuring them by a rather flexible measuring stick, shall we say. Uh, it's amazing how many people who are less than four feet tall measure close to five foot. <laughs> and then we put them through their paces, teach them what they need to know to go forth on the field of battle, arm them, and away they go with paper sword and flower bomb. Paper swords first, flower bombs later in the battle, as they will be fired and fired and fired until they're throwing empty bags. It's all terribly exciting and rather enthusiastic, you know. Well, we've, uh, you're, you're, it, it's, this uh, war, see, uh, First World War, very serious, and I can tell you that Scotty's Place will be commemorating that on the day, right. on, um, as I do, because it's got lots of Scottish connections, so Scotty's Place will be remembering Armistice Day on the 11th of November itself at 1 o'clock. So, but, as um, will I in the midst of another event. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Hey, have we learnt anything, Ralph, from World War One over a hundred years on? Well, the blunt answer would appear to be no. However, we still rely on talking when talking has been proven to be of little value if both sides are not on the same yeah. page. Yeah. When they are both on the same page, then certainly negotiation diplomacy, all those things work well. Well, it doesn't seem to be working in Russia at the moment because old Putin is threatening to uh, unleash some nuclear bombs. And there's the rub. If one of the parties does not agree with the idea that they might be in the wrong, there is no negotiation, mm -hmm. there is no possibility for diplomacy. It all goes out the window. 
Have your allegiances, Major Blunder, been tested with the change of monarch? So, the... Um, hmm, interesting you should ask that. Yes, we still sing God Save the Queen, because, of course, we are modern Victorians. Queen Victoria is alive and well, <laughs> if a little bit quiet. Uh, however, at other uh, occasions where one is not being a member of the imperial forces, it is, of course, God Save the King. In your other role as Ralph Evans, some mothers do have him, right? <laughs> you deal in public events of note. Anything coming up other than the uh, Armistice yes. Day? Yes, indeed. We have the Pacific Rose Bowl Festival coming up on the 10th to the 13th of November. So it runs for four days. Uh, it's an event wherein the public get to vote on what they believe to be the finest rose in all of New Zealand for the New Zealand Rose of the Year. What, what location, Ralph? By the public. What location? So that's at Hamilton Gardens, yes. Rogers Rose Gardens. Uh, there will be people dishing out the voting cards and collecting them in between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., or if you prefer, 1,100 hours to 1,800 hours, for the first three days. So that's Thursday to Saturday. And then voting closes on the Sunday at about two. Uh, there's nothing like the smell of a beautiful rose, but uh, stay away from the thorns. Indeed. The thorns are there for very good purpose. They're to protect the plant. But yes, the, the roses themselves, provided we have good weather uh, and not a howling gale, will be absolutely stunning. Well, thanks for updating us. That's Ralph Evans, otherwise known as Major Blunder, reporting on the coming events affecting the Waikato. It's a pleasure. Hey, keep, keep at it, Ralph, and uh, keep well. Uh, that is the plan. <laughs> See you later, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. It is 24 minutes to two. FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. This is uh, Cosmopolitan News and Views. And he's here early, Trevor. But first of all, we better give you some theme music. Here we go. How are you, sir? Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, I'm a presume I'm on air. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Yes, I was waiting for it too. <laughs> Trevor's talk. Oh, thank you, Mel. Uh, well, I, I was looking at the, the uh, I think it was a news item on TV about this ad for recruiting guards for prison, yes. prisoners. And I was a bit taken back the cost of it. 
over well over a million dollars, about one point four million to be exact. I thought, well, where's that money going? Because looking at the ad, there's one person talking to another person. There's no special effects in the background of pyrotechnics and all that sort of carry on. Just people having a barbecue in the background. And he was stating his point of view as to the importance of being a prison guard and why the country needs them. So I, I, I thought, oh, okay, just another ad. When I heard the cost, I was a bit taken back. So when the ad came on again, I timed it. 33 seconds, that's how long the ad lasted. So the right question is, because this is taxpayers' money, where's all that money going? I mean, <laughs> it's no different than them stopping someone in the street and interview them on a particular topic of interest to the nation, uh, just to a member of public, what their views are. And that, that would probably last about four or five minutes, maybe, depending how interesting the topic is. And then they move on. Now, surely that didn't cost that amount of money for that um, short interview. So why is it so much on the ad? And I'm talking about ads as well. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat. Yes. Uh, they're very annoying, mainly because they're shouting and screaming about their product and they're saying the same thing, uh, particularly that chap dressed in green, uh, is on every five minutes with the ads on, <laughs> every ad break is on. And, uh, I mean, people write in the TV guide only complaining about it. And some of the writers write in and say, I'm not going to join that insurance company because they irritate me so much, I've gone off them. So this is the thing you've got to think about. Goodness knows what's costing the insurance company, really. Uh, that to sell their product, they've got to keep it interesting and short. Now, there is an ad that is like that. New Zealand Insurance, where they've got a chap in a business suit, tight roping on a rope of how to uh, support rod, and he does a dance and it's between one high-rise building to another high-rise building across the road. And you're looking down on him and you see the traffic going up and down the street below him. A bit of vertigo in the ad, but it's very short. But I thought, well, that was an interesting ad. I don't mind watching that. So somebody with a bit of intelligence and imagination created that ad. So it can be done. And I'm sure the, the, the product was right. They would do quite well. Well, Michael Hill, was, he's, he's quite good in his ads. He keeps it quite short, no shouting and carrying on. And uh, there's, there's a bit of a theme to them. And this is all you need to make an interesting ad. Otherwise, people go right off the product. You, 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 from ads, let's go back to corrections. I saw the news item last night of that teenage boy who's been convicted again of doing a king hit on another victim. I'm going, then I saw your, another hometown boy, not Mel, but Kelvin Davis, the so-called corrections minister, speaking out. What the hell was he talking about? I, there's just something wrong in the corrections department at the moment. And it starts with the minister. Yeah, it was probably not the most best jobs in the world, uh, working in a potentially violent atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And back to the ads, I can tell you that I, I, I can't do anything about it, but I'm watching a YouTube video and all of a sudden the ads come up. You can press the button and say, skip, skip the ads, but every five minutes. Oh, no, it's, it's going to be all ads and that's the odd break for, for the program. And no one watching or buying the products. Thank you. Trevor's talk. <laughs> 
a yeah. little earlier today. Tomorrow night, some celebrate Halloween. Others shun its elements of pagan beliefs once practiced by the ancient Celts who believed that on that anniversary, the Lord of the Dead called forth evil spirits whereupon the Celtic druids made great bonfires to banish the supernatural creatures of darkness. To avoid such frightening images, some families devise children's fun and frolics from a different source. In Pyro, such an option is their alternative to Halloween, called Inventions and Inventors, tomorrow at 5 o'clock by the Pyro War Memorial. Gold coin donations cover food, games, prizes for children's best costumes. The outing lasts till 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So one way or another, the date of Halloween will be commemorated. Yes, no, I was out around town last night. Yeah, all the, all the certain um, suspects were out there last night with all the costumes and... Uh, yeah, we had. Uh, I saw. I saw a guy with a turban on. I saw some men dressed as women, and uh, so it was all go. Big wigs, small wigs, and they're all having fun. <laughs> and you talk about things. Uh, with a Celtic flavour or Celtic flavour. The Scots love celebrating Halloween. They do it so well. Here is the late Kenneth McKellar. Hark when the night is falling, hear, hear the pipes are calling, loudly and proudly calling down through the glen. There where the hills are sleeping, now feel the blood a-leaping, high as the spirits of the old
Cosmopolitan News on 3FM 89.0 talking about Halloween, the theme from Bewitched, and that's the crazy gang. Well, that says that on the CD there, it's 13 minutes to two, Mel. Iris of Thames is one of those inspiring people whose own culture allows room for another and contrasting culture to the extent of teaching its tradition. Middle Eastern dance class in Padawai School Hall on Thursdays. What goes on there, Iris? Oh, hello. Hello. Um, well, it's not no longer Padawai School. I have to change venues from time to time, but the people are still the same. So um, we get together, a few women, and uh, we do Middle Eastern dance together, which I have done for many, many years and studied the music, studied the dance, and uh, I just pass it on to anyone who is interested in learning this fantastic form of exercise. And what made you, of Europe, interested in delving into the detail of the arts which have been refined over centuries, but in another part of the globe, the Middle East? Well, I have always been interested in Egypt and the pyramids and uh, the whole culture. So uh, when I saw an ad in the paper uh, which said belly dance class, uh, I thought, oh, well, I better go and see what that is about. So um, I joined the group, and basically that was it for the rest of my life. <laughs> when, when you started, you may have had the advantage of youth, <laughs> but it eludes us as time passes. Does it become more difficult as the years go by to do this form of Eastern dance? Uh, no, I would say right the opposite, because when once you have learned the basics, um, everything else becomes easier, actually. I think just starting it is the most difficult part, because in the Western world we are not used to moving the whole body in their natural ways. So uh, once we get into that and we get over our Western mindset, then um, you just progress in it. So what do you say about the underlying music that generates these um, urges to move our bodies? The music of the East is so different from Beethoven or Bach. of course it is but because I have studied it um, I can explain the certain uh, areas in the music which are important for us to dance to so for example if you have a flute playing um, these the, the flute sounds very nicely flowing and the sound goes up and the sound goes down and so the movements are then going the same way. They are flowing. They are, they are not rigid at that point, um, but they are flowing, and a movement may go up or a movement may go down. 
So once you get that explained, it makes it easier again. Does the dancer improvise as they go, or is the way of dancing prescribed as it might be for classical ballet? No, nothing is uh, described, prescribed there. Um, basically, in the Middle East, I think most people, most uh, women, they would improvise. Uh, here in the West, because we still have to learn the music, we have to learn the uh, movements and steps and everything, uh, it's easier let's say for me it is easier to teach it in a choreography yeah i, I re- yeah iris i remember all those old movies old black and white movies where with the exotic dancing and the middle eastern dancing and some did it with snakes and all that but i don't think you got snakes in in your class Uh, sorry? What? Oh, no, no, forget what I said. But, yeah, no, it, it, the old movies, you used to see all this, this exotic dancing and uh, in these old movies. It was, it was quite uh, breathtaking, some of it. Yeah, I mean, that would be, of course, totally choreographed. <laughs> <laughs> well. But, um, actually, what you have seen in these movies is not really what the yeah. dance is about. Uh, that is just that Hollywood has taken up um, the allure of the Middle East and uh, made it more interesting for the Western audience. Uh, but it's not short of natural interest, this dancing that's traditional to Eastern Asia. I'm wondering if in middle, the Middle East, if you have travelled to experience the life firsthand for long. Oh, yes. I mean, uh, who I learned from was actually an an Egyptian dancer. So I learned it firsthand, although I was living in Germany, but there was quite a big Middle Eastern community. So uh, I have learned it firsthand. And uh, yes, I have traveled to Turkey and also to Egypt. Well, in in our world today... Can men come along and do some belly dancing? <laughs> That's a question I often get, and I always say everybody's welcome, but men never turn up. <laughs> oh, men, you've got to get, you've got to get in there. You get... <laughs> I think there's something intrinsically different in our physiques. That <laughs> it's uh, an interesting thought, though. Thank you, Iris of Thames. How might someone find out more about your classes? Uh, well, I am doing weekly classes here in Thames. At the moment, the venue is the bowling club on Thursday nights at a quarter to six. If this is a bit uh, much of information, people can also go onto the Maydance website. That means Middle Eastern Dance Association of New Zealand. And um, their website address is Medans, that is M-E-D-A-N-Z, dot org, dot N-Z. You can find their uh, teacher's directory, and uh, my details are on there, so people can contact me at any time to find out the current venue. Yes, young and old can go along and learn the mystique of 
Middle Eastern dancing, belly dancing, the I Dream of Genie days, etc., etc. And thank you, Iris, for bringing this culture to our midst. <laughs> it's a, it's a pleasure. Much. Hey, Dwayne Porter's going to take us out. Yes, and may the name of, of course, Lee Majors as the $6 million man. With inflation today, I don't know what it would be. Anyway, before we leave, Dwayne, good afternoon, sir. Yeah, good afternoon. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, hear your comment before about the Collins Bridge. Yes. Um, yes, the council guys, I've spoken to one of the guys who was doing the job at the council. They're four weeks ahead of the... Um, the job, apparently what actually happened was that um, why they shut the bridge and that corner as well has been two fatal um, incidents has happened, um, not not recently, but um, like one this year and one last year. So that's what they've done. They made that corner, have widened that corner a bit bigger so that the traffic can go around and go across the bridge, and also with all the new jellabars are going in. Oh, they've just, they've only recently fixed the bridge, so I don't know what's going on. It's uh... Well, that's what's going on around the township at the moment. Yep. Um, they're going to do the same as um, in Palmerston Street. They made the crossing in Palmerston Street. It's not even five metres. Yeah. Um, it's got to be five metres. Yeah. Along the road. But it, it still puts pressure on the Fairfield Bridge and the Anzac Street Bridge, and uh, I wonder how much more heavy traffic they can take. So. Uh, take the Cobham Drive Bridge. <laughs> yeah, to get into the city. Hey, Dwayne, it's a pleasure again, mate. Keep driving. Well, well. Yeah, we will, and of course, we'll leave you with Jerry Lee Lewis. We're going to play Great Balls of Fire to take us out this afternoon. Jerry Lee, seven wives. He was married to one of them while he was still married to another woman, and of course, he was known as the killer. And he turned up at Elvis's home and brandished a gun outside Graceland. So that's his legacy. Good afternoon to you all. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my wheel. Hey, just before we leave Jerry Lee Lewis there, the Whangamata Country Music Club welcomes everyone to its function on the first Sunday of the month. So that's this Wednesday from noon till four and RSA Whangamata on Port Road. Leave you with a killer. It's just great, great balls, balls of fire. Kisses the baby. Mmm. It was good. Oh, me, baby. Well, I want to love you like I love the ship. You're fine. So kind. Got to tell this world that you're mine, 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 mine. I chewed my nails and then I twitch on my thumb. I'm real on earth, but it's no ill fun. Come on, baby. It's just great balls of fire. 
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.